It's time for phase two of the Jonesing for Football podcast for 2021. It's phase two of the offseason all around the National Football League, and it is for us as well. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas. Cody is in Philly, and we've got a big edition of Jonesing for Football as we move into phase two. And Cody, you know what phase two is all about, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's prepping for the season. Get, we, mm-hmm. We've switched from phase one, which we didn't talk about. I'm just following along here. Phase one is draft <laughs> portion. Phase two is rosters almost ready to go. So now we're just looking ahead to the 2021 season. That's right. You are such a coachable player. You've always been a very coachable player. That's why we're doing this podcast together. goes back to our days together at CBS 11 in Dallas-Fort Worth, and of course, Cody now with the NFL Network. He not only does football duties, but also baseball duties in his spare time, but football is your first love. All right, let's go with our AFC Most Improved Team, and uh, and that was what Phase 1 basically was all about, was putting your team together for 2021, whether it was in free agency re-signing players whose contracts were up on your own team, and then, of course, uh, the draft. And now we've got the teams in place. Who is the most improved team? You want to get started on uh, your most improved AFC team? Yeah, sure. I'll go first in this one. We'll go a little bit uh, out of order. Normally, I give you the lead, Bill Jones, but let me take it here and start with the Cincinnati Bengals. I really like what Cincy's done this offseason. 4-11-1 last year. They've had five straight losing seasons, but I think the streak could come to an end in 2021. How about that for improvement? Um, The reasons why, first and foremost, Joe Burrow returns. He's expected to be fully healthy week one when the Bengals host the Vikings. His rehab is ahead of schedule after tearing his ACL and MCL in late November. My belief is Joe Burrow is going to take a major step forward in year two. As a rookie, played pretty good football, Bill Jones, uh, despite not a ton of talent around him. 13 TDs, five picks, and 10 starts. Not turning the ball over a ton, and that's pretty good as a rookie. To me, Burrow proved he's going to be an above-average quarterback in the NFL. And I thought this was interesting from Pro Football Focus. He graded as the sixth best passer on throws 19 yards or less downfield. Joe Burrow, sixth in the league as a rookie. So I think uh, bright days are ahead for uh, Bengals fans. Obviously, offensively, they needed to upgrade some of these um, weapons around him. A.J. Green is gone. But don't worry, they've got three wideouts now with 1,000-yard potential, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and their first-rounder, Jamar Chase. Obviously, Bill Jones, we all know that Chase and Burrow play together at LSU, so good familiarity there. And I like having Boyd and Higgins. Both of those guys are legit uh, wideouts. And that'll give Chase a little bit of time to kind of work into the offense. There won't be a ton of pressure on him from week one when you combine those guys with Joe Mixon you have a pretty good young dynamic group of skill players and that's exactly what they need considering they were last in the league 
in big plays a year ago. What do you think about that Cincinnati offense, Bill Jones? Um, you know, I, I love uh, Joe Mixon. I love the addition of Jamar Chase. The questions that I would have, uh, you alluded to off the top uh, with Joe Burrow and his ability to have time to get the football to his weapons. And so what do you think about the Cincinnati offensive line and how much have they improved the offensive line? Yep, good question. I know they allowed 48 sacks last year, tied for fifth most in the league. Basically, the units struggled the last five years, but they should be better this year. They signed Riley Reef from Minnesota. He'll play one of the tackle spots. They also drafted Clemson's Jackson Carmen in the second round, and I've seen some pretty good reviews on him. He looks like he could be um, a nice uh, player in the middle of that O-line. I think the key is if they can just be average, that would be a major step up for them. And so uh, I actually like what they've done on the O-line. Um, they can put up some points. Like I said, if you give Joe an average amount of time with those skill players, since he's going to score. So much of it is the, I mean, we talk all we want about skill positions, but what they have up front. And now we'll see what Jonah Williams, another first rounder, develops into. You know, they busted on Cedric Obwehi. Uh, out of Texas A&M, who was a first-round pick several years ago. And, I mean, you just can't – if you're going to spend a first-round draft pick on an offensive lineman, he has to be a really good player for you. You just can't bust on offensive linemen in the first round, and that's one, been one of the problems I think Cincinnati has had. All right, well, tell me about their defense. Yeah, let, let's, let, let's switch to the defensive side. They allowed the most big plays in the league last year. Finished 26th in yards. Not good, but, but... But here's the key on that, okay? They allowed the most, so what are we doing? The most improved team. And one of the, one of the <laughs> priorities... Now you're seeing here. my theme. Now you're seeing <laughs> my theme. One of the priorities with, if you're going to be the most improved team, you got to be a really bad team last year. So there you go. That's your setup. They gave up the most big plays in the league and finished 26th in yards, but... That's not the most disturbing stat, if you could believe that. Their defense had only 17 sacks last year, fewest in the league. <laughs> and I went back and looked it up. It's the second fewest among any team in a single season in the last 10 years. So putting pressure on the passer will definitely be a priority. And it has been in the offseason. They've done a pretty good job of addressing it they spent 60 million dollars on trey hendrickson who had 13 and a half sacks for the saints last year tied for second most in the league he alone almost had more than the Bengals' entire team last year um, they also signed larry Ogunjobi from the browns the d lineman who is a nice underrated player i think he'll be a good addition to their rotation and they drafted a couple guys that we like, Bill Jones, as edge rushers. Joseph Osai from Texas. He's got a high ceiling, and I'm, I'm high on Cam Sample from Tulane. So um, I think both those dudes are going to have an early impact. And then you add Sam Hubbard, DJ Reader from last year's rotation, and all of a sudden the Bengals have a pretty nice uh, defensive line. One of the key signings I liked was Mike Hilton, He's a slot corner that I think they did a nice job uh, picking up. And so that should help in the secondary. You got Cheeto also, Cheeto Awuzie at cornerback who, with the Cowboys. 
former second round draft pick. Yeah. Well, how do you think he'll do in Cincinnati, Bill Jones? I think it's a good spot for him. And I'm happy that Cheeto got some money there in, uh, in Cincinnati. He signed a three year, $21 million deal there. And, uh, but the Cowboys moved on and, um, in, you know, the, the year before they lost Byron Jones in free agency, he and his zero picks in his career, or maybe he had one pick in his career. Mm -hmm. He had a hundred million dollar deal in Miami. And, you know, you just, once those cornerbacks, if they're not producing like you uh, drafted them to produce, then you got to move on from them after four years. And that's what they did. The Cowboys did with a woozy. All right. Cincinnati though, your most improved team. Here's one of the problems I have with Cincinnati being your most improved team. Go ahead. Look around them in their division. Yep. I have that. Where, the, where are the wins coming from? Well, like you said, they play in potentially the strongest division in the league. So they'll be underdogs in all six division games. But I still think that they can pull out a win or two. And if they do that, I don't think eight wins is out of the question, Bill Jones. I like Cincinnati taking a major step forward. One or two wins. So if they got one win in their division, that puts them in a one and five hole to start with. And so it's a 17 game schedule now. So they get an additional game there. Yep. All right. So you're saying they would just need to go seven and four. That's how, that that's possible. So you're getting, you're, you think they'll get to eight wins or nine wins, which is no, five. No, I think now. eight, I think eight wins is possible, which would be doubling okay. their wins from a year ago. Okay. All right. As I said, one of the, priorities in establishing who your most improved team is for this year is probably need to have a sub 500 record last year. Wouldn't you say? Well, unless you're going to say they're going to take a major step forward. You know what? You know who I think has a chance to be in a really improved team. This is not my team, but I was just looking at Kansas city. Mm -hmm. You can make the case. I think, with what Kansas City has done with their offensive line, even though they won the Super Bowl two years ago and lost in the Super Bowl this past year, they might be one of the most improved teams in the league because of what they've done with their offensive line this year. What do you think of that hot sports opinion? No, I, I like that. I mean, they've been aggressive. So, I mean, that alone shows that they're not happy making it to the Super Bowl. They're trying to win Super Bowls. And so there's a, there's different levels of improvement. It's what, what are your expectations? And there can be, you can pick a team that is an elite team. You could say they're the more improved than a team that like Jacksonville, that goes from one in 15 to eight and nine this year. Because yep. if, if, if Kansas city, which has the goal of winning the Super, Jacksonville's goal might be just go 500. Okay. They finish eight and nine. They didn't quite reach their goal. Kansas City's goal is to win the Super Bowl, okay? They didn't do it last year. They made big improvements on their the most glaring need, and they win the Super Bowl this year. Well, they're the most improved team in the league, in my opinion, then, okay? But I got a different team for you. A team that fin finished 7-9 and nine last year. 7-9 and nine team last year, and they're going to finish above 500 this year because of, have you seen, what Bill Belichick has done with those New England Patriots this offseason, they are going to be the most improved team in the league if, and this is a big if, mm -hmm. if they can figure out their quarterback situation. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but I've got them as the most improved team on paper right now. And Tell me why. Part of that, 
part of that has to do with the opt-out guys from last year. How many guys did they have opt-out last year? Seven. There were, Don, Don, seven or eight. And Dante Hightower led the list on uh, as, as far as I was concerned on the defense. But they kind of opted out of the season, too. The guys that didn't opt out, the team opted them out and sent them to Miami. And those players are now back in New England this year, like Kyle Van Noy being the, the leader of that uh, charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me start on offense. I have no idea why they're signing Brian Hoyer this week. Okay. So Hoyer has now grown, joined a quarterback uh, room that includes Cam Newton, Mac Jones, their first round draft pick, Jared Stidham. Okay. Again, that's the weak link, I think, on this team. I, I like that they need to re sign Rex Burkhead, my guy Rex Burkhead, but, <laughs> but that, okay, that is a loss. That's a big loss. Uh, but with uh, Sony Michelle, James White is back, Davian Harris, and then they got Ramondre Stevenson in the draft, who uh, might be your short yardage back replacing Rex Burkhead. I'm not sure. He's not the same type player. Uh, wide receiver, of course, they lost Julian Edelman, but Edelman was done anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, they've added Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne uh, to the mix. Nikhil Harry needs to play like a first rounder and you know, part of the, part of the improvement that a team makes is, is from your own roster and guys from their first to their second year in the league, from their second year to their third year in the league in the case of uh, Nikhil Harry. Okay. What they did at tight end is huge. And, and at tight end, they signed Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, yep. Janu Smith last year with Tennessee had 41 catches and eight touchdown grabs. Hunter Henry, former second-round pick of the Chargers, uh, in 14 starts last year, had 60 receptions and four touchdown grabs. The presence of those two tight ends to go along with two tight ends that I liked in the draft the year before, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, who are more utility-type guys and can be used in different ways uh, With if uh, Josh McDaniel get creative with his offense. This now gives them the ability. They got two receiving threats at tight end that's going to be a best friend to uh, whoever's playing quarterback, whether it's Cam or Mac or Hoyer, whoever it is. All right, offensive line. Of course, they lost uh, their Pro Bowl offensive guard to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're still doing what they can even this week to try to rectify that issue in the middle. Uh, they added Trent Brown uh, to compete at one of the tackle positions. Isaiah Wynn is a key at left tackle. He uh, started 10 games. Part of this, too, is getting back healthy, guys who missed time last year. Isaiah Wynn would be one of those guys on the offensive line for the Patriots. But they, they've done a good job throughout the years of being able to piece things together. Uh, David Andrews is another one who's had uh, issues uh, keeping him off the field throughout his career. He did start 12 games uh, last year for the Patriots. All right, that's your offense. And obviously, the addition of the two tight ends is the biggest key to the offense. You ready to comment now? You want me to go to the defense? Like, sure, they upgraded on offense, but they're still, I would say, well below average as far as the total talent on that on that side of the ball. And how many wins they have last year? Seven, right? Seven with worse offense, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. Let's go to the defense. 
What have they done with this defense in New England? All right, I mentioned at the linebacker position, so maybe we start there. Kyle Van Noy is back, okay? Dante Hightower is back. They also have added, let's see, through the draft, Ronnie Perkins in the third round, who uh, I think Chase Vinovich is going in his third year in the league. He's had five and a half sacks each of the last two years. I think with the presence of these veteran guys, they're going to be able to use him in a role that he's going to emerge even more as a pass rusher. I like uh, some of the other guys that they've drafted recently, like Anthony uh, Jennings out of Alabama, uh, to compete and, and provide depth uh, at the linebacker position. Uh, they added Raquan McMillan, linebacker as well, in the offseason as a free agent, Leroy Reynolds. Harvey Longy, who uh, was a starter for the Jets last year, back in New England, up front on their defensive line. Okay. Matt Judon, big addition right there nice for them. Okay. They've got Dietrich Wise back, Davin Godshaw, who's, uh, who came from uh, my, Miami, uh, Montrevious Adams, big guy in the middle from Green Bay, added in there, Henry Anderson from the Jets who was a starter for the Jets last year, and they re-signed Carl Davis and Lawrence Guy. The point is, uh, up in their front seven, they now, after taking last year off, and they had all these unproven guys last year, they have added so many guys in the mix. These are veteran guys who are right in the prime of their career who can run the system in New England. And I think these a lot of these guys are guys they probably targeted when they came in the draft, smart guys who can fit into the Belichick system, and uh, they are versatile where they can run a 3-4, 4-3, hybrid defense like they like to, do, to, to use. I just think they're very strong. They're going to be very strong up front on defense. Coming back in the secondary, they haven't got rid of Stephon Gilmore. He's still there. Yep. And did you see what J.C. Jackson did last year at cornerback? I know he is one of the uh, better corners in the league. Um, J.C. Jackson had nine picks. He was a college free agent out of, well, he played college ball at both Florida and Maryland. 6'1", 200-pound cornerback. He's a prototype, what you're looking for size-wise. He was an undrafted guy in 2018. He's already got 17 interceptions in his career, nine picks last year. You wonder why the Patriots turned the ball over so much with their defense? Well, he's a big reason why right there. And to be able to find a guy who is undrafted uh, to do that for you. Uh, they added Jalen Mills, uh, who I've always liked. Uh, I just I like the way he plays. Uh, he's got an edge to him, you know, uh, 15 starts last year for Philadelphia. And he's another guy who was a late-round draft pick uh, four years ago. Uh, and I liked him all the way back to his high school days here in DeSoto, Texas. But, you know, and in the safety position, they've, uh, they've got a ton of safeties to choose from, including Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips. And Mills is in the mix there as well as a versatile guy. I just love what the Patriots have done this offseason. And I think in the division, obviously, Buffalo is the team to knock off in that division. But uh, I think there's wins to be had against the Dolphins and uh, the Jets in that division. I just I think the Patriots have a good opportunity to improve greatly from their 7-9 and nine season last year. And, of course, the elephant in the room is Belichick. And uh, I just don't see 
I think he probably did a terrific coaching job last year just to get that team to seven and nine last year. Now he's got some parts to play with. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, the Patriots are going to do this year. Yeah, for sure. They had the most money in free agency, if I'm not mistaken, and spent a lot of it. I just saw this morning, they actually still have 15 million left under the cap, which is ninth most in the league so they still have money to spend and so that could also help going forward in a training camp with any like salary cap casualty. well and they even added you know a couple of guys offensive linemen this year to uh, make to try to make up for their for the loss that they had uh with the big guy going to kansas city yeah, Joe uh, yeah exactly and so i i just think if you give especially the salary cap room that Belichick has, has he the I think one of the main reasons outside of having Brady, obviously, in those key guys, but one of the main things that he has been able to do to sustain this for so long, it's those cheap veteran guys who have the right makeup to play his system. And he is just accumulating them left and right this year. And so I'm very interested to see with a full offseason, that's going to be a key too with a full off season to get all these guys on the, on the right page uh, where he can use them. New England could be a surprise team this year. Yeah. A couple things. They were seventh in scoring defense last year. So they were top, they had one of the top 10 scoring defenses last season. And I mean, we probably should be focusing a little bit more on the quarterback position. I mean, Cam Newton was, you know, I would say borderline awful last year. But uh, we'll see. Can he improve? Um, how much can he improve? Or is Mac Jones just going to be the guy uh, from week one? Or, you know, that will be. See, see that's, what, uh, that's what I'm wondering is, and I don't have Cam's contract in front of me. They can do whatever with him, I'm sure. I'm wondering, why did they sign Brian Hoyer? And, I'm, you know, that they've had Mac Jones in there for a little bit now to, to pick his brain and see what he's capable of. I'm wondering if in the back of their mind they're letting Cam go and uh, Hoyer's going to be the veteran backup and with Stidham and, uh, and go with Mac Jones. I wonder if he's thinking about doing that. Or, you know, I, I just don't see – why would they? Why do they need to bring another veteran guy in there if uh, if Cam Newton is there for the long haul? Well, to me, it just could be kind of a mentor for Mac. And even mm -hmm. if he's even if he doesn't make the team, even with Brian Hoyer being there for the next three months up until the season, he's kind of like a coach too. He could just be around, and um, we we know that's what he's best used as right now as someone to teach the offense. And obviously Mac Jones is going to need that. And Cam's trying to win the job. So I'm not sure how much he, he's going to be helping Matt, Mac Jones uh, learn the NFL. Yeah, that's true. All right. And to, to wrap this up, who's going to have the better record this year, Cincinnati or New England? Probably New England. I'll give you that. Uh, but and, and I'm not saying that to say that, uh, that I've got a better, most improved team than you do, uh, because I, I do think that Cincinnati, with a tougher schedule, uh, Cincinnati could have a better team than New England this year, but New England, I think, is likely to have a better record than Cincinnati. No, that's fair. Uh, New England is in more of a win-now mode. You can tell that. That's why Bill spent 
close to $100 million. They're trying to win now. You know that Belichick did not like Brady winning the Super Bowl and him missing the playoffs. So he's trying to turn things around quickly. Cincinnati is a slow build. They've got a lot of young players, and they're coming in the next five years. New England's trying to get back and be a force in the next year or two here. All right. Well, that was good. And so next time we're talking NFC? Yes, sir. NFC's most improved teams. I've got one that I am really excited about. I have no idea who you're going to pick, so I'm on the edge of my seat for that as well. Okay. Should be interesting. And we thank you for joining us on this edition of Jonesing for Football. See you next time.